0: to yeah, no. that Be about perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. Notice the phrase, I am the Almighty God. That phrase, those few words, it is talking about El Shaddai. And scholars have indicated that the word El Shaddai has different meanings based on different instances and chapters in God's Word, but it has the idea that God is all-sufficient, that God is all-powerful. God looks at Abram. He comes down to Abram, literally, and he says, I am all-sufficient. Abram, I am all-powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I want to talk about tonight. God reminded Abram of We're going to see, how did God show Abram his sufficiency in Genesis chapter 17? Well, number one, God reminded Abram of his his promise. Two or three chapters ago, remember I was preaching last, I talked about the weird thing that happened in our minds when God instituted the covenant with Abram. And Abram's name had not been changed from Abram to Abraham yet. And God literally went kewisabi. And God put part of the animal over here and put part of it over here. And God himself walked between the animals, signifying the covenant. And all Abram, all Abram had to do was sit back and watch God take care of the covenant. And God said, Abram, not only am I going to make a great nation out of you, but I'm going to send someone that's going to redeem you of all the sins that of done. And God. Abram his covenant. But it's been a while since Abram uh, had God come down to him. In fact, it has been 25 years since the initial promise of the covenant to Abram. To Abram. The last time we are told that the Lord communicated with Abram directly was more than 13 years before this passage. Seemingly, Abram had 13 years of normal fellowship with God. He was waiting. For seemingly forever. Imagine waiting on God. God said, Abram, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And Abram's like, hey God, my wife's barren. Hey God, I'm 99 years old. When's my child coming, God? He saw that Abram actually took matters into his own hands because he failed to trust in the provisionary hand, the all-sufficient hand of God the Father How to God the Almighty, the one who was all-sufficient. Abram actually took his own handmaid, Hagar, and through her, he had a son named Ishmael, who later on was, uh, he had many descendants that would eventually be the Muslims. And they have constantly been a thorn in Israel's side, all because Abram did not fully trust God. But I want you to notice, in verse number one, this is really spoken out to me I was studying. God said, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now you're saying, okay, Michael, that doesn't make sense. Uh, how can we need be perfect in our flesh? God's word is not supposed to, uh, to have misconceptions like this. God's saying that I need to be perfect, but God's word also says that for all have sinned and come short of glory of God. What's what's God talking about right here? Why I believe that God is talking about this concept, he wanted Abram to be blameless. That's something that's really hard. To be blameless means that if I was to throw out an accusation to anyone out here, that it's not able to stick on you. Imagine this. wanted to get $100,000 in cash, and he wanted to go down to some to some resort and just spend the rest of his days down to some resort, and he had a gun, and he went to, to this bank and he said, give me $100,000, and he had, a, he had a makeshift mask on, and everything. Uh, for some of you police officers, officers in here, how much jail time would that be? Can anyone tell me? 20 years. About 20 years, okay? Would Phil be blameless in that instance? No. No, we would say, now we'll get someone else. That's not a good guy to pass. Okay? God, even though that's really silly, don't think to throw that light. He's really, really good <laughs> God was walking with Abram, and God said, Abram, walk before me, be thou blameless. But let's look at it in this aspect. Blameless also means to be whole. Church, God did not what part of Abram. He didn't. God Gentlemen, if you have asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you have repented of your sins and received Jesus. Let me tell you that God is a part. God did not save you so that you could live in sin. As Said, Abram, walk before me. I want all of you. I don't want part of you. Abram, I know you messed up with Abram. You know what? I forgive myself. you. Keep on going. Abram, I know that you're frustrated. not about perfection. It's about progression. And that's our Christian life. And just like us, that's what Abraham was going through. And he was going through a lot, but God came down to Abram and he said, I want all of you and I want to help you. So God appeared to Abram when he was about 99 years old. So God specifically lists what he promised. Let's look at verses 3 through 8. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations neither shall thy name any more be called Abram but thy name shall be Abraham for a father of many nations have I made thee and I will make thee exceeding fruitful and I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee and I will give unto thee I see after thee the land wherein thou art estranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So let's look at what God changed Abram's name to, shall we? So God first had Abram. And Abram means the father of many. Okay, so the father of many had no children. Imagine people. You go up to Abram, and they know what his name means, and they say, uh, "Abram, <laughs> you're supposed to be the father of many, but I don't see any, uh, any many, any little Abrams walking after you. I don't see any little Sarai walking after you. Uh, I don't understand, Abram. Where are all your children? To not have descendants, specifically, to not have a male descendant after you in antiquity, in the Book of Genesis." Down upon him in this society, and they said, "Doesn't have any descendants. Who's going to carry his bloodline?" And God's word in, in the Pentateuch gave certain instances of how you can carry on your bloodline, and that's for another sermon. But Abram, the father of many, who had no children, it's kind of in his mind was kind of this: that God knew what he was doing. But God changed his name from Abram, the father of many, to this Abraham. on keeping down his promises, and he said, Abram, not only are you you going to be the father of many, but you're going to be the father of many nations. And and we need to realize that Abram's name its kind of like an oxymoron, a father of many. People will look at him and be like, you don't have any kids. How can he be a father of a lot of people? But God told Abram that that was about to change. Going from Abram to Abraham, almost in a sense, increased abraham's shoulders because he didn't have any children but there are a lot of people out in this out in this world that are married they want to have a family a lot of them can't and and that's why a lot of people adopt and by the way adoption is a beautiful picture of what jesus christ us. it's a beautiful picture and a lot of people will adopt and but they understand imagine, Abram and Sarah, they're both, they're both way too old at that speaking. She was barren. He's infertile. And it's physically impossible. But nothing impossible. And God specifically listed what he promised to them. Now we see that God changed Abram's name. God did this a lot, actually, in the Bible. There are many Found throughout God's word, we think of Jacob's name when it was changed to Israel in Genesis thirty-two verse twenty-eight. When God changed Simon's name to Peter in Mark three verse sixteen, when God promises a wonderful new name to every overcomer in Him, and we see that over in Revelation two verse seventeen, God. glad he changed my name, church. God gives us names in faith. I was a sinner on the way to hell. God changed my name to say. I was a dirty, rotten, spoiled brat that did not enjoy obeying my parents at all. If God looked at a little kid, and he made him righteous through his son. I was a nobody, and God made me a somebody by choosing to save me by me calling upon him. I had no one. I was lost. I was going to and fro, going throughout a circle in my life, had nowhere to turn to, that God changed me and gave me a new name, and I now have a royal priesthood. I only had an earthly father. Now I have a heavenly father. I am a son of God. And there are so many aspects that we can compare from Abram God knows he will accomplish the meaning of the name in us, even if it seems preposterous. The church, I'm glad that my God is all sufficient. God changed my name. I know this isn't a strict uh, biblical application right here, but it just came to my mind. Has your name been changed? That's an honest question right here. Has your name been changed? Because if you're a blow up, you, you're not, you're not Phil Rogers. You're not Joe Justin. You're not Joe Ron Barry. You're not Joel Bush. You are a blood bought believer. One that Jesus Christ has saved. You. Then, if you are someone that has Jesus Christ, and what's the say? Do I see Jesus in you? A little kid looks at his daddy. And the dad said, oh, Jesus may have been about six foot or so. And the kid was like, hmm, okay. And the father looked at his kid and he said, something's wrong. And the kid was like, okay, if Jesus is about six foot tall and I'm about four foot one, um, would Jesus stick out of me? And the father laughed and said, yes, some people. That's exactly how people should look at us. They shouldn't see Michael, they shouldn't shouldn't see Brother Tony, Brother Michael, Mm -hmm. Miss Sam. They should see Jesus Christ in you. And when God gave Abram a new name, it was not only a name that signified he was going to be a father of many nations, but God was just reminding Abram of his sufficiency in his life. And it's a beautiful asset that we find throughout Scripture. So, how did God show Abram well, God reminded Abram of his promise. God's been harping on his promise for a long time, but God reminded him of his covenant. Secondly, God instituted a sign for the covenant. Verses 9 through 14, God's word says, And God said unto Abram, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant, which ye shall keep, between me and you and thy seed after thee. And he that is eight years old shall shall be circumcised among you. Every man shall in their generations, he that is born in the house or bought with the money of any stranger, which is not of any seed, He that is born in thy house, and he that is bought with thy money, must needs be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man shall, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people, he hath broken covenant. So, for the sake of the mixed audience, we won't get too into this, obviously, but there's an awesome aspect about this passage. The first time God gave Abraham something to do in regard to the covenant. Remember, the last time God instituted the covenant, God Going to do, and this is a sign. Get this! It was showing that they received the covenant by faith. You see, in the book of Galatians in other chat tra- and other uh, books as well, specifically Galatians, there is an issue where we have Gentiles that have trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but we have Jews, Messianic Jews, who are. And you look at these other guys, and they say, hey, this uncircumcised Gentile, he needs to add something to salvation in order to get to heaven. And Paul looks at them, and he says, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. Well, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, this is the gift of God. Not by works, but any mention goes. And covenant by faith, they were, that Abram realized, okay, God, I understand that you're going to make me a great nation, but more importantly than that, Abram realized that the Son of the living God is going to come and save the sins of the entire world. It was not a work that made salvation. It was just a sign of the covenant for those who would not put any trust. ourselves that we by ourselves cannot get to heaven it is, only, it is only through Jesus Christ do you know what is the close parallel to this uh, to this aspect baptism Baptism. in fact in Colossians 2 11 to 12 God word says in whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried within the baptism Let's think about this church. Baptism is a sign of the covenant. What does Bill do? And forgive me if I don't get the words right. I never baptized someone before. Uh, I, I did it a lot to my friends in the pool, but they didn't really mean anything. Because the baptism doesn't say anything. Buried within the baptism, raised to life, the newness of life of Christ Jesus our Lord. And But it was an outward expression. It was an outward demonstration of an inward reality. And that's exactly what God did for Abraham. So not only did God tell Abraham, hey, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And through your descendants, I'm going to send my only begotten son to save the sin sin of the world. Not only did God do that, but he also gave him a specific sign. That it was a sign that they received, that they received the covenant by faith. So we see that God, He showed His sufficiency to Abraham. God reminded Abraham of one of His promises, and God instituted a sign of the covenant that lasts and will be done. God promises—this is awesome. God promises the impossible. What's the phrase? With man, all things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. How does the song go? And sing with me, because I'm, I'm going to get some of the words wrong. God can do anything, anything, anything. God can do anything but fail. He can say, he can plan, he can keep any will. God can do anything but fail. Okay, next part. He's the Alpha and the a Pharisee of 10, to my soul, God can do anything, 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 God can do anything but fail, say, my God, that was an awkward solo, it was an awkward solo with a tremendous need, because Jesus, my God, can do anything but fail, look in verses 15 through 16, and God said unto Abraham, as for Sarah son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. <laughs> the word Sarai means my lady or my princess. My dad would always go up to my to my mom, and uh, something that I always respected of my father, and I believe that this is a very kind, a of, very, very kind of gesture to do is that he would go up to, to my mom and after he'd come home from work he'd kiss her on the forehead and he would be like, How are you doing, my queen? And uh, he would do that time after time after time again. And uh, it meant so much to her. And Sarai's name, Linux it Princess. It's something that is very beautiful in nature. And Sarai, it confined her to her dominion that this of one family. Let's look at what Sarah means So God was confirming his covenant with, with both Abraham and, and Sarah. Sarah, formerly Sarah, now Sarah. And he was saying, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And we'll see later on, not in this chapter, but in another chapter, where Sarah, she laughed. She laughed because she doubted that God could do anything. But so That song that we sang, God can do anything. But fail. Sarah was around 90. 90- Grow, grow closer to me. That's what it says. Draw my God, and He will draw eye unto you. If you continue to grow closer to me, I'm going to bless you. But this is not a blessing that that is of material possessions, right? There is a prosperity gospel that is growing rampant right now. Let me tell you, folks, this a bunch of hot wash. Because you can live your life in total obeisance and total reverence to God Almighty wanting to serve Him with all your heart you can be you can, and you can be dirt for. And put God outside of my life. And if I say, God, I'm going to do this on my own. God, I don't need you. God, you've given me a strong back. A, a, a somewhat smart mind. I don't consider myself that smart. But God's given me a mind where I can think and provide for my family. Which is good, by the way. He who does not provide for his family. gospel says is worse than he can that. Strong words right there. So, as God looks at me and he says, Micah? for laughing at God, you do it all. We disobey God's word. God says that he wants to bless us if we will just obey him. And yet we continually disobey him. We see, not only did God give Sarah a changed name, but there is actually an awkward confrontation that happened next. Verse 17. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Them. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. Wait, am I in the wrong chapter? I was I that song, Gomorrah. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, cut that out. Whenever <laughs> I was in college, we, sorry, this is a little side note, a lot of times the professors, we never, they were getting videos for a video class on Penn uh, Pensacola Christian College. Sometimes they would mess up, and what they would do, they would pause for the camera, and then they would start. So for the the voice recording, I'm pausing right now. This is what we (laughs) do Okay, In verse 17, then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And Sarah said, That is ninety years old, bear. And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might. as for Ishmael, I, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will beget him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which shall which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time for the next year. And he left off talking with him, and God was up from Abraham. So we see here that Abraham laughed at God. Straight in God's face. God said, we're going to have a son. Abraham probably thought of his bearing wife and of himself, and he laughed at God. God has a sense of humor, You know why? Because the word Isaac means laughing. Isn't that ironic? That the parents that laughed at God's provision, at God's sufficiency, God would make their son laughter church like Abraham, we find it hard to trust God for more than what we can understand. Trusting God is hard, isn't it? Life tests us sometimes. A lot of times we go through a crucible in our own lives, and we go through a crucible because God who saved us from our sins, if he ask Jesus to save you, he allows bad things to happen to good people, because he is trying to allow us to go through a crucible, which the crucible Basically taking gold and putting it under fire. And with gold, there's a lot of loss there's a lot of impurities. And whenever you put that gold in fire, the impurities come out. And you have to take that gold again and try it under fire. God said, you know what? I want to bless you. And I know you may not trust me right now, but Abraham, I'm allowing you to go through this trial, this trial of doubting me. I'm allowing you to have to trust me because I see your potential. I am God. I am omniscient. I know everything. I know what is best for you. And God God told Abraham, I want you to be that pure gold He was really frustrated in this situation. But God looked at Abraham and he said, what? I am El Shaddai. I am the Almighty. I am the one that will provide for you. I am your sufficiency. We, all, we also see that God said he was going to bless Ishmael. And uh, we know that he eventually He led into the, the Muslims. And the Muslims obviously identify and in his side. But church, the takeaway is this. Are you allowing God to be the sufficiency in your life? Or are you looking at God and just saying, you know what, God, I trust in you, but this bill came up, and I know that I should trust in you to take care of this situation, but God, I'm so Bent out of shape over the situation. I don't know what's going to happen. to God, I'm constantly worrying about this, about this aspect of my life. But God says, I got this. God says, Micah, I've got this. I am El Shaddai. I am suspicious. And I will take care of you. Just like God took care of Abram and Sarah's need with a Many nations, God wants to do that in your life. In various circumstances that are, in this room, that, that are in this room, whether it's with personal relationships, whether fathers, it's with your kids, wives, whether it's with your husbands, whether it's with uh, a relationship in dating. I don't know what it is, but God. Will In God that you allow him to be a sufficiency in your life. Let's pray. Father, you the church body. It's really hard.